is Zach and Jamir. My name is Zach Wright. I'm hosted by Jamir Wilson. Today, the name of the game is, there's levels to this. We'll be discussing the age-old question, what makes a superstar? The basic Google definition is simply a high-profile and extremely successful performer or athlete. But is there more to it than that? We'll break it down with tiers of stardom, such as role players and old stars, and what goes into these tiers. So, uh, Jamir, I guess I'll ask you the question, what does a superstar mean to you? Well, there's a couple ways you can go about answering this question. Ideal answer for this question, to me at least, it, although it is a harsh answer, I think the answer is a player who can lead a championship team. The, the player who can be the best player on a championship team, I think, is a superstar. Somebody who can sell tickets someone who is multifaceted and can do uh, a multitude of things, is great at a multitude of things, has fewer weaknesses than most, or someone who does something at a special level than others. Like Steph Curry is a superstar because he does something that very few can do and also, he shoots better than anybody ever has. And also, he, he, at one point, he was the best player on a championship team. Uh, it, yeah, it's, it's debatable. Uh, some, some people would view it a little differently. But I think what makes a superstar outright, and I think the easiest way you can start you know, narrowing it down is can you be the best player in a championship team? Uh, and, and what do you what do you think about that question? I definitely agree with your you know what a superstar means to you. I agree with it in many ways. Uh, for me, it's kind of similar. A superstar is someone who is a system onto them, him or herself, like this person. Like you put them on a team, and that team is stamped playoff. Uh, appearance or 50 wins or whatever the case may be like you put that player on the team that team will be okay assuming you have okay players around them and then you know get them better talent the team will perform better and that player can be the best player on a championship team like you were saying um you know i think there's definitely a lot of aspects to superstardom like name recognition accolades talent and again impact on winning like, you know, LeBron's the easiest definition or easiest player you could pick. Like, yeah, it's a superstar. Really has more followers. And, like, I think Steph Curry is, like, has half as many followers on, like, you know, socials as LeBron. Like, LeBron is just, like, the face of the NBA. And then when you think about, like, superstar in, like, different aspects, like like uh, music, for example, like Drake, Beyonce, Nicki Minaj, like, those are superstars. Like, you don't question it, you know what I mean? I think that's a part of being a superstar. It's like not debatable. Everyone kind of knows this person is a superstar. And this is like, that's the end all be all of it. Yeah, I guess, like you're saying, there's a lot of ways you can interpret this question. A lot of ways you can view it. And depending on who you ask, the number of superstars might change because again, how they define such a thing. But with that being said, and we're talking about, we're talking about different ways of defining this question. What are some common misconceptions in your mind that you hate hearing or you hear all the time that you'd like to talk about at this point in time? Well, before 
I go on into that. I love that you said it's unanimous. It's not debatable. It's something that is not up for discussion. When looking at a superstar player, I feel like, or a superstar talent in any given realm, it's someone that is, it's unanimous. You know that they will perform in under, under the lights, under pressure, and, you know, their box office, they sell tickets. Uh, they have a personality that lights up a room, all of those kind of things. And I mean, some people may not have that kind of personality, but they still are performers in a given light. Perfect example is tonight. You look at <laughs> where we're, we're recording during a moment in history, uh, Don, you know, Donda may or may not be on its way out, <laughs> but Kanye West is like just walking around in a crowd. He's just walking around in a circle, basically. And it's a spectacle because Kanye West is a superstar. And he demands that kind of crowd. He demands that kind of attention because everybody knows what he's capable of. Uh, now, transitioning into the next topic uh, about misconceptions and things that I would like to address. I hate recency bias. It's probably the number one thing I hate in, in sports in general and really in basketball. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and uh, I think Stephen A. Smith is, I would accuse him and several others of it. Uh, when, when a player has a superstar esque performance, because people can have star moments and, and, and I, and I always go back to, like, you know, the, the common quote, every dog has his day. Like, literally, for example, Corey Brewer scored 50 points. And if anybody knows who Corey Brewer is, that man <laughs> is not a superstar. But scoring 50 points is no small feat. So the fact that a player like Corey Brewer scored 50, that means that, you know, that alone, in my opinion, tells me that a player is not a superstar based off of one performance or even a string of performances. Uh, I, I think one key thing when you talk about being a superstar in basketball is about consistency. Like Chris Middleton, I think, is the perfect example of this. Uh, he's not a superstar player because he doesn't do what he does at his best every night. Same thing goes for players like Jimmy Butler or somebody like that, because they have moments where they look like a superstar and they look fantastic. Like uh, Jimmy Butler's 40 point triple double performance in the finals last year was one of the greatest basketball performances I've ever seen because of how hard he had to work and how much the odds were stacked against him. And he was going toe-to-toe -to -toe with LeBron James, who was one of the greatest players who's ever played basketball, no doubt about it. And he, you know, he had a major moment. And some people right after that was like, oh, superstar, superstar, superstar. No. 
He doesn't do that on occasion. He doesn't like he does that occasionally. He doesn't do that often. Superstars are superstars often. Uh, that that to me, I think, is the biggest misconception that we have in the sport, and it's. I need consistency out of somebody like at this point, Nikolai Jokic, I think has solidified himself as a superstar because no matter the competition, no matter the game, no matter the series, no matter the team, you're going to get around the same numbers. You're going to get probably high twenties in points, a little over 10 rebounds, 10 between 10 and 11 rebounds and above seven assists closer maybe closer to eight regularly out of him and so on uh brianna stewart can get you 20 and 10 regularly uh that's you know and in and in, in, in the regular season or in the playoffs doesn't matter yeah that's it's, it's about consistency i think people label a moment and try to turn people into superstars. Like Stephen A. Smith even said that Donovan Mitchell was a superstar. <laughs> oh, brother, that thing that that blows me up. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'll let you take it away from here. But just consistency is key for me. Yeah, I definitely feel like that's my common misconception too that I can't stand. Just like every year, every playoff upstart is suddenly a superstar. Like, even last year when Jamal Murray, yeah, he was playing, like, Michael fucking Jordan. Like, dude looked like the best player to ever touch a basketball. But that doesn't make him a superstar. He was having a superstar, transcendent, unbelievable, historic moment in time. But that does not make him a superstar. And, like, this year with Trey Young, everyone's calling him a superstar, this, that. Trey Young is a star, undisputably. But, like, to call him a superstar is just, like, ridiculous. I'm sorry. like. Yes, what he was doing was absolutely amazing. He carried a team. His team was consistently the worst team, and his best teammate is borderline all-star at best. So, yes, that man was going crazy. He he was having a superstar performance, a superstar playoff run, but he was not a superstar. And the same thing, like, we'll talk about the tiers later, but, like, when someone like uh, Jameer Nelson, for example – has his one all-star season does that make him an all-star player no he had a great season he had a great run he was an all-star in that period of time but he is not an all-star Trey Young had a great run but he is not a superstar to get that you need to prove yourself time and time again and again like with a music reference all right yeah he had a he had a nice classic you know a nice classic album of uh, R.I.A.A. Uh, gold album but like is that all it takes to become a superstar? I don't think so. It takes more than just one amazing moment in time. So yeah, that's my thing. I just feel like people, and people just be giving out that title left and right. I've seen some people talking, it's like, oh, 15 superstars, 20 is like, bro, what? Again, like you talk about Donovan Mitchell being a superstar. Like, granted, he had two great playoff performances in a row, like two years in a row, but I just don't think he's, done enough to get that superstar status. I'm sorry, I just don't see it. Yeah, that's pretty much the same thing for me, just the misconception of people just giving away the title to like anyone who has a couple of great moments is suddenly a superstar. Like, 
I mean, I know it helps to make it sound better, make it sound more entertaining for like people watching, but I just think the the way the NBA just gives out accolades, like like left and right, is just ridiculous in titles. Like we'll get into the we'll talk about the Hall of Fame at some point too. <laughs> like that's a whole other thing. I think there's just a difference between having like like a legendary moment versus like someone being a superstar. I think people need to like understand that those two things are while while there there's a relationship, they're not the same thing. But yeah, I don't I don't know. I think that's my only misconception. Why don't we go ahead and head into the tiers of stardom, for lack of a better term. I don't, we need a better title for that, I think. But let's go into the tiers of players, I guess. So why don't you give me your your tiers and how, how you break it down in your mind? Uh, how it's broken down in my mind is simple. Uh, I think you have, you have superstars, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, the, the, the creme de la creme, the the top of the top, the best of the best, the elite superstars. Then you have stars who are perennial all-star players, but aren't guys that can lead guys or girls that can lead you all the way. Uh, they can they can be a second option on a championship team at best. Um, they can be the, the they can be the number one option on a good team, but someone who is a shade below. Then you have you have like all star players, like bubble all star players, because you have your superstars and your your stars that will always make the all star game. Mm-hmm. And then you have like your bubble stars and like guys who are I don't know say maybe in the top 30%, the top 30 people, like they, they're, they're good. They're a high level starter. And they are someone who would probably be the third best option on a championship team. And then you just go on down at that point. Then you just have a regular NBA starter, somebody who could come in and give you good minutes but some, they may not, they may or may not, for whatever reason, be in your closing lineup. Then you have your role players, obviously. And then you have your scrubs. <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty much, that's pretty much how I have it. So it, it, it kind of just goes down. And ultimately, again, the, the point of, the point of sports you know, aside from entertainment and camaraderie and unity and fun and all those kind of things, the point of b- being a part of a sport in a lot of ways is to win. And to define somebody who is a star is someone who impacts winning and through different tiers these player, these players and individuals impact winning on a certain level. And again, like when we talk about other things like music and things like that, winning the most streams, winning the most plays, winning billboards and awards and all that kind of stuff. Winning can be at the forefront or can be, can be thought of as at the forefront of most things and to impact winning I think is key when you look at 
how you tier players and how you really evaluate who and who is not in what tier. So my list here is fairly similar. I made, I decided to keep it a little more general because you know the more I don't want to have too many categories and subcategories. So I just kept it a little general. Right. But for I have superstars as you know, obviously the top tier. And I, I think before I continue saying this, I think it's just it should be said that like these tiers that we have is like obviously it's fluid and people can transition in and out. Like Giannis, for example, was literally went from scrub to superstar, for an example. He's climbed all the way up year after year, seemingly taking it one step up the ladder each year. So I do think that's something we've talked about. You know, like, you know, even like season to season, these things can change, given like, you know, someone's been like playing a certain way for two years. It's like, all right, maybe they're not just a role player. Maybe they're a good player and things like that. But yeah, I just want to put that there. Because like for superstars, especially Jokic, and then Bede having like MVP type seasons is like kind of, you have to ask yourself, are they superstars now? So, I mean, we'll get into that a little later as well, but yeah, so I have my superstar tier. That's a very exclusive tier. The top like 0.1% players, maybe I have nine to 11, nine to 11 players in the league in that list. And I, you know, it's, I'll, I'll argue and understand your argument for taking out a few people. So that's why I have nine to 11. Last year only had eight, but I have some things to think about this season. So we'll leave it at that. And then instead of just saying all-stars, I included stars in general. And I have about 40 people in the league in that because every year there's some players who they don't make the all-star game for whatever reason. Like uh, we mentioned Trey Young. Like he didn't make it this year. They made it the year before. And he did have an all-star type season. If you look at numbers and impact and his team's record, he did have an all-star type season. But he did not make it for whatever reason. So I just have about 40 players in that range who are they're all-star caliber, but they don't make it for whatever reason. Obviously, you have your, your standard all-stars who make it every year, no questions asked. Like uh, Damian Lillard, for example, he's a, consistently in the all-star game. Bradley Beal is consistently in the all-star game. I know he missed it last – I mean, I guess I'll say two seasons ago since we just ended the season. I know he missed it two seasons ago. That was kind of like – people were like, what the fuck? Like that was kind of just like a – an oversight by the voters involved. So players like that, we have good players. I know there's like high level starters, good starters. So I just put good players and I have about 125 people. Cause when you break it down, every team starts five players, there's 30 teams. So that's 150 starters in the NBA, but not every starter is good. <laughs> so I put about 125 good players and that can include your high level starters, your okay starters and this your your players who are you know like your six men who like would start other teams but they're just not starting for the reason there's probably about 125 of those and we'll get into you know some ideas about who's where later as well and then I have my role players and it's about I put about 250 to 300 and again everyone who's a good player would be a, would qualify as like in the, the role players here because they're just better than that and 300, just because, you know, let's say every in a perfect world, every team has a 10-man rotation. That's 300 players who are getting minutes. But obviously, that's not how it works out. And some teams have, like, <laughs> eight, eight good players and things like that. But, you know, in a perfect world, it's 300 players are getting minutes. So I put about 250 to 300 just because of that. 
And then beyond that, like Jameer said, you got your scrubs, your your prospects, your uh, <laughs> your uh, borderline borderline role players, your specialists, etc. Players who just kind of just get get it get in where they can. Wayne Ellington's an example of like a guy who's like barely a role player. He'll get minutes on certain teams, but there's other teams which just like he'll just be the twelfth man and he'll come in when three guys get hurt. But those are my tiers. Anything else, anything you want to add, Jameer? Yeah. I definitely want to emphasize that when you said all starters aren't good because, boy, are there a lot of starters that are not good. I, prime example, Alfred Payton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think he's a more of a role player than anything. I, I I like how you broke it down. I think I think that's pretty accurate, to be honest. Uh, I would love to hear honestly who you have though as superstars. We're gonna do it real quick. I can do it real quick in the order. Why not? All right. So I'm just gonna start off the LeBron, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Kawhi Leonard, Luka Doncic. James Harden, that's six. Mm-hmm. Let's say Joel Embiid. Did I say Jokic? No, you didn't. Okay. I said Kawhi, correct? Mm-hmm. Oh, Giannis. I almost forgot Giannis. All right. And then Anthony Davis and Dame. And that makes the ele- the nine, the 11. But I would I can understand the argument against Ooh. Anthony Davis and against Damian Miller. So those two make up the two where I'm like nine to eleven, because it's be getting me tight. I'm sorry, I personally just I'm so conflicted with that man. Ooh, and child. Dave, he be doing his thing. He has consist. He's consistently one of the better players in the league. Consistently All NBA, and like All NBA is essentially the top fifteen for each season. He's consistently there. So I don't know. I I can understand the argument for him. But I'm not too sold, but I'm, I wouldn't take it. I wouldn't hate you for saying Dame's a superstar, although I personally lean towards no. Uh, okay. I just so, think those are 11 that, like, I think anyone beyond them is, like, you're, you're talking, you're saying dumb shit. Yeah, anyone, yeah, yeah definitely. Thinking? But I'll say this. I would take three of those guys out. Who are those three? Oh, I, I can already guess. Embiid? Yep. Davis and Lillard. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's why I had a uh, nine to eleven because I'm like, yeah, I feel like eight is like a solid real number. And B, I think the only argument against Embiid is his health. Not even that, because yes, that's that's one of the things, and that's the thing that I will hold against Anthony Davis as well. But I think the other issue with Joel Embiid is this season is the first season we've seen him play at this level. We've only, we only we have a very small sample size of him playing MVP basketball. Um, I get what you're saying. Yeah, Jokic, like as I was saying earlier, Nikolai Jokic, he's done what he's been doing for years. Luka Doncic, basically second season on, even at the Olympic level, you, you see he's he's out here getting triple doubles and barely losing to really good teams right off the bat. Kevin Durant, obviously, he almost he almost beat the Milwaukee Bucks by himself. LeBron James, there's no, you don't even need to bring that up. But it's like consistency. Joel Embiid, 
I have too small a sample size of this level of play. Damian Lillard, to me, is a high-level star, and he's like a hair or two below an MVP. I would agree. I just put them there just for the sake of the argument of how other people make. I can. I was trying to consider other people's ideas Mm-mm. that, but I do. I don't think that Anthony Davis and Dame are Embiid. I'm, I'm also on the fence. However, I will say. Embiid's teams are definitely like if I haven't beat on my team, I'm confident we're making the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, like if he's my only star, I'm confident in that. If Anthony Davis is my only star, I have a feeling I'm not making the playoffs. And if Damian Lillard is my only star, it's a 50-50 shot. But with Embiid, I know I'm making the playoffs. If he's there for 70 games, I know I'm making it. So that's why that's why I'm like more comfortable with him versus those other two. Those other two have proven that they they're not that guy sometimes but, i understand your reservations but you're not a. Uh, I don't know it, it's a hard it's a hard thing it's a hard it's a hard thing to gauge but yeah i, I think if because jo, joel and b has had the assistance of good lineups and stuff like that like he's had jimmy butler he's had ben simmons he's had J.J. Reddick and different guys like that. I mean, Brett Brown, having Brett Brown as a head coach didn't help him at all. But uh, I think if I continue to see what I saw this year, because he played at a superstar level this year, there's no doubt about it. But if he continues to play at this level, then I can't deny it. Anthony Davis, a lot of people thought he was a superstar talent, and he Definitely. just – talent well he is a superstar talent yes he is a superstar talent but he just he plays he plays too soft like you can only i don't know you just you can only play so soft for so long and then still get hurt he wants to take pull-up jumpers and not play big and stuff like that all year still get hurt anyway and then uh just to watch Aiden do what he was doing to him and then watch Giannis treat Aiden like the little boy that he is. It tells me everything I needed to know. Yeah, exactly. That's one thing. With, like, I don't know, man. Like Davis, I'm, I just don't see a world where Anthony Davis is the best player on the championship team. Exactly. I just don't see it. I'm sorry. He's superstar talent, but I just don't think he has the it factor like in his heart to do it. Like the, the that that sheer willpower is not within him. I just don't see it. Mm-hmm. And like, even with the um, the Lakers teams that are, they have now, like the second LeBron's at the lineup, they look like like trash. Even when Anthony Davis is there, and if Anthony Davis is a superstar and they have two superstars, you would think that without LeBron, they'd still be good. Yeah, they're but, like the Pelicans all over again. Yeah, it's like the Pelicans all over again. Like you have Anthony Davis doing stuff good stuff but like it's not helping you win this is just like all right and then that one year the pelicans uh they had a nice team with rondo holiday davis and uh boogie not really remember who was a, who the small forward was that was like a role player and like on the front i think it's probably like h1 or something or i don't know his name uh, but. i remember who the small forward was on the team probably uh Maybe a Solomon Hill or somebody, some some yeah. some scrap, some scrapper or a shooter. Most yeah. likely, I don't remember either. But that was a solid team. They somehow only won like forty eight games, 
even though DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis were both playing extremely well. Drew Holiday, I mean, Boogie got hurt in the middle of that season, though. Yeah, he did. I would say that. He did get hurt. But, like, I don't know, bro. They just – nonetheless, you gave Anthony Davis a good team. They still came with 50 games. Like, that's – regardless of what, what happened, he, he had a good team, did not win 50 games. Mm-hmm. Um, my one thing with Dame is I feel like he hasn't been given a team that's been good enough at any point. That's true. That's I will say that. He hasn't been given a team good enough. But even still, I just don't his, – his superstar case is still 50-50 for me regardless because I just – I don't know. I have to see him on, like, a team that's, like, actually capable of winning. Mm-hmm. So that's my – that's why I gave him the benefit of the doubt, the possible benefit of the doubt, although I agree with you. I wouldn't call him a superstar. I'd say he's, like, a perennial all-star, which is, like, the top of the all-star list for going to that subcategory. Uh, yeah. I would argue. I would also argue against Dame that after the first round, uh, Damian Lillard disappears. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he's because again, it's about consistency. Uh, he kind of he kind of starts to fade. The deeper you get in the playoffs, the more he fades. Yeah, that's true. I remember uh, when they made the conference finals. I was about to go to that. Maybe the Nuggets. CJ McCollum was high key playing better than Dame that series, mm-hmm. which you know CJ McCollum again could have just been a great moment for CJ, uh, uh, an all <clears throat> excuse me an all star moment for CJ. Yeah, again Dame, I can see that. I can see that argument. I don't know if it necessarily fades away, but I don't know. I digress. That's how. That's your point of view. I'm not gonna because the when they made the conference finals that one year and they played Golden State. They they blew three straight leads, like major leads, without and it was Golden State without Kevin Durant. So it's like I mean, as good as Golden State is, you don't blow three straight double digit leads in the conference finals. That just doesn't happen. And to you got to give some credit where credit is due. Like the teams that he he's played on hasn't been horrible, like. Like Luca, like mm-hmm. Luca, what Luca is doing with what he has, he has probably the worst roster in basketball around a superstar. Oh, no doubt, easily. And they were, they were a very respectable team in this in this in this uh, playoffs. Yeah, they would have beat the Blazers <laughs> for being the real. To be honest, they would have took out the Blazers. Yeah, they would have. They would have smoked the Blazers. Only because of Luka Doncic, <laughs> because, like that to me is all is all I would need to say. Like comparing, like if you look at what Luka is doing, we know that Luka Doncic is a superstar. Like I feel like that. I feel like when people say, "Oh, you don't really, they, you don't really have a team," yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. This is what a superstar does when he doesn't have a team. Like yeah. LeBron James had one of the worst rosters ever assemble and he had the worst finals roster of all time yeah arguably yeah <laughs> he he was winning 60 games with Zadrunas Algauskas and Anderson Verizal so <laughs> yeah like Mo Williams like Mookie Gibson 
exactly. He was winning 60 games with Booby Gibson, and you can't win 50 with, I don't know, like C.J. McCollum or, in Anthony Davis's case, Drew Holiday. Give me a break. Yeah. Yeah. If we're going back to what we were, what, what you had said earlier about, like, or what, even what I said about how it's, like, not disputable, then at this point, since the fact that we're disputing it, then I guess there's only eight. Like, I no, I said there's eight last year, although I included Anthony Davis in that. But at that point last year, no one would argue that he wasn't. Mm-hmm. I don't think. But I think now he's he's he had, like, his worst season since he was, like, a rookie, I think, this year. Cooked, like, getting cooked by Julius Randle. Yeah, the shit wasn't, it was not. <laughs> now, Julius Randle was giving him buckets when they played towards the end of this. Giving practice. him the business. He was giving him the business, no bullshit. Then Draymond Green came out and took him out of the damn game. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, man, where is this man Anthony Davis at when you need him? For real. But with that, I guess there really is only eight. So, yeah. <laughs> I guess the number is still eight. I feel like anything anything more than like eleven is honestly just like too much. I think that's just giving it out like handy. But Blasphemous. Eight definitely is the number. I feel. Yeah. I just put nine to eleven because there's those those last three were debatable. I could be convinced that they were, but I feel I feel strongly. I don't feel. I'd say yeah. I do feel strong that they aren't, but I could be convinced that they are not. Oh yeah, I, 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 I can be convinced that they are. Excuse me, but I strongly believe that they aren't. And oh, I I can't be. And also, the only reason I'm gonna say this: the only reason why I give James Harden the nod is because he didn't have Chris Paul in a game seven against the Kevin Durant iteration of Golden State. If he didn't have, if he had Chris Paul. And they hit a couple shots they could have beaten that Golden State team and probably would have gone on and won a championship. Man, that yeah. is the only reason why I give James Harden that nod. Otherwise, I would really have to sit back and think about it. James Harden gets 40 a game. How is he not a superstar? He doesn't, he did it like six years straight. How is it like I don't know how people want to debate James Harden's legitimacy? It irks me. The dude. Gets 40 a night. That's some Jordan shit. Jordan never got 40 a night. That's some Wilt shit. And we talk about he's a superstar. I know he has his meltdowns and this and that. Again, it goes back to cons- I mean, in my in my eyes, again, it just goes back down to consistency. It, you perform, you have to perform the same way from Day one to series one and series two and so on. So your argument against him is his playoff performances and his, his history of uh, bad games in the playoffs. That's where your argument comes from. That's that's, that's yeah, that's, that's my argument. But okay. but I again I, I, I do say that I am giving him the nod because. Hey. He showed me that although like number like number one, number one, it was that that series when when Kevin Durant was on the Warriors and they almost beat that team. Mm-hmm. And he was the best player on that team. Number two, this season, when he came to Brooklyn 
and he was the engine of that offense. Yeah. I think that he showed a superstar level of play. And I mean, like, he has superstar numbers consistently. And he's an offensive juggernaut. Some people argue, is he the best offensive player in the league? Some people even argue, is he the best offensive player ever? So, I mean, he's a juggernaut. And defensively, he's improved considerably. Yeah. People uh, so, at this point. Huh? He said people are asleep at this point. He gets, like, two steals a game for the last, like, three years now. Yeah. Like it's, so, so, he's a good – yeah, he's a solid – he's a very solid defender now at this point. So, and I, yeah, I, I'd give him the nod, but a couple playoff meltdowns, I may have to reconsider. I don't know, man. I get, I get it because playoff meltdowns are it's like they're not good. But like you said, there's people are sitting here arguing. You see the best offensive player ever, and we're talking about like smart people who actually get paid to talk about basketball, get paid to make decisions for NBA teams talk about is he the best scorer ever so you know at that point it's like you gotta just you gotta just give it to him at that point in my mind i know we had this discussion before i'm gonna bring it up again james harden should be a three-time mvp the one he got 2015 in westbrook's goofy ass mvp season i know we had this argument and i'm bringing it up again but Steph Curry was given his MVP because he's the light-skinned assassin who was the, they try to make, they tried so hard to make Steph Curry the face of the NBA for like two I, three years. I agree about the 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 Steph Curry one because that I, I remember I made a bet that year because one dude was betting. In fact, I, it was um I was in high school and a friend of mine named Shaman and another guy another friend of mine named Malachi were debating who was going to be MVP. Malachi thought Russell would be MVP. Shaman thought Steph would be MVP. And I thought James Hart would be MVP because he led a team to be the second seed without Dwight Howard mm-hmm. and beat the Spurs in the crucial game that year. I, I thought he should have won MVP that year. I, I, I agree with that sentiment. But Russell Westbrook's MVP, I believe Russell earned that one. He won 47 games. That is trash. With First no exit. Trash. With no, but I mean, MVP is a regular season award. It don't matter what happened when you get to the playoffs. Okay, that's, you're right. But in the regular season, he won 47 games. That is bad. <laughs> <laughs> there are years where teams, remember that Suns team with Goran Dragic and Eric Bledsoe, and they yeah. won 48 games. They didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. So you're telling me your MVP won less games than Goran Dragic and Eric Bledsoe and made the playoffs, and like we're going to give him the award? No, that's trash. Yes. I mean, I think also a part of that MVP, like, I, okay, I will say there might be a little, there might have been a little bit of sprinkle because James Harden had just done, like, he had just come off an MVP season with similar numbers. But I do believe that Russell Westbrook was the best player that season in the regular season. And, like, not just because of the numbers and because of uh, the triple doubles and stuff like that. I think also because of the moments he had, when, when you went MVP, you usually have signature moments attached to that MVP. He had game, he was hitting game winners, all that kind of stuff. And their win percentage was significantly higher when he was getting triple doubles and stuff like that. That's yeah. So it, 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 there's a lot of things that contributed 
into that MVP specifically, but I think that James Harden was robbed of one, but I don't think it, it was the Russell Westbrook MVP. We're going to leave it at that because we could sit here all day and talk about this, but <laughs> I think we kind of basically gave away all the superstars and a little bit of the high level, also high level stars or all stars at this point. But I'll be getting into a, a game of uh, what tier is he? <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go first and ask you, a player. All right, so Pascal Siakam, what tier is he? <laughs> Pascal Siakam. <laughs> oh Lord. Okay, so we're gonna go down. He's not a superstar. He's not a star. I would say. He is a high-level starter. A high-level starter. Because, yeah, he's – he, as we have said before, or as I have said before, I, I've said on record multiple times that he is a spin move and a pile of dust. Um, <laughs> he – he had a he had a a he had a star esque season, okay. and he had star esque moments when he was playing with Kawhi Leonard in the finals. Uh, but no, he's probably the third, maybe fourth best player at this point on a championship team, and he he's gonna have to do a lot of work to prove differently. Like he has certain tools in his bag. But he just he just doesn't deploy them at the right times. And like you 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 said it pretty accurately during the bubble, him getting locked up by Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart, and treated like a child in the post against smaller individuals, told me everything I needed to know about that man. So he's about a he's a high level starter, I would say. Okay, I agree. I think he's a high level starter as well. I think he does have a low tier star ceiling. I think he can, he can get you maybe two or three all-star games possibly. Depending on the right team. If he's on the right team, right situation, I think he can, he can get into an all-star game. Yeah. Uh, I'll say I'll say three max. By luck. Yeah. Two, two is more realistic to me. I think he can improve. He had a whole off season to like get better. So we'll see what happens. Toronto is going to be a whole interesting case. We're not going to talk about the teams too much. But, like, they're just an interesting case just with everything being different with Lowry moving on and all that. But, yeah, all right. <laughs> so, what, who you got for me? The first player I would point to is where would you put Rudy Gobert? Rudy Gobert? He's a star. The three-time defensive player of the year, I can't take it from him. Offensive, offensively, like – just in terms of pure offense, you looked at him and never watched him play defense in your life. He's like a good player, I guess. I can't say he's a role player. He's a good his field goal percentage is consistently like in the in the mid-60s, high 60s. You know what I mean? He is mm-hmm. he is an efficient finisher, but he can't shoot beyond his height. Like once he gets past seven feet from the basket, you might as well just take him off the court. <laughs> but <laughs> Uh, I would say he's a star because his defensive impact, like the, the Jazz don't have any good defenders, but him and Royce O'Neal, I guess. And like their defense is consistently top 10. So 
He is a star. He has an all-star game. <laughs> I'll never forget when he fucking cried. We didn't make the all-star team. It's like, dude, what the fuck? Like, maybe you learn how to, like, do a move. You might make the all-star team. But his defensive impact alone, it just makes him a star. Offensively, he's like – you remember Brandon Wright, that role player off the bench? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's basically Brandon Wright on offense, but he's like – Shack level on defense, <laughs> so it's like yeah. you know, or I just I'll say Go Bear level. Like Go Bear is, is like a legendary defensive player at this point, like three three time defensive player of the year award winner. He got it. So yeah, absolutely. I just say he's a star. And how about you? Where do you put him? Uh, I I would agree, but I would I would say he's a low tier star. Like, uh. The way that he got exposed this year by the Clippers <laughs> is concerning. <laughs> I'll never forget the way Terrence Mann kept going right up his chest <laughs> down on him, right? I'll never so forget. I came up in the paint with a point guard. Patrick Beverly just screaming at him. Man was not getting no buckets. I'd rather I, – listen, I, I'll never forget <laughs> Reggie Jackson – Reggie Jackson just going right at him and shooting floaters right over him. <laughs> yeah. The, his, his mobility is questionable. Like, he's, he's not guarding one through five. He's, yeah. he's purely a paint defender, but that paint is very much defended when he's there. And then watching uh, Tim Legler's postgame of, of that game six, oh, my God. That was hilarious. He was cutting right up. <laughs> He just was looking. He looked like a lost kid. He looked like a kid lost in an amusement park. When they when they put five shooters out there, he just was like, "Oh shoot, where do I go? What do I do?" I mean, and offensively, as you said, he's like a role player and like somebody you keep in the dunker spot and somebody that you put in a position to get an offensive rebound, and that's about it. Uh, So, because of his his lack of mobility defensively although he's a great rim protector his he he needs more tools to expand to a higher level of star because he does what he, he he excels at what he excels at like which is paint defense but that's it so yeah i would agree he's a low level star and who who else would you have for me who do i have for you oh this is gonna be a funny one your friend tobias harris mm. Tobias Harris, oh boy, he's he's a high level star. No, no, not high level star. I'm I'm way off. He is a low level. He has a low level star ceiling, and he's like a high tier starter. Again, as I mentioned earlier, uh, somebody who can be the third best option, maybe fourth on a championship team. Uh, so. Yeah, he just he's like he's a he's a he's a solid scorer, but he's not like a great scorer. Mm-hmm. He's a okay rebounder. Like he's a solid rebounder, but he's not a great rebounder. And then as a defender, he's very average, like very very average. <laughs> so uh, it, it's 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 weird, but. I would say he's a high level starter to low level star. Uh, and I mean, he's slow, very slowly working his way up, but I don't think he has much left, much growing left until he yeah. reaches his peak if he hasn't already reached it. 
I will say I agree with you 100%. He's on the Clippers. He might have had an all-star season. I think he could have yeah. had the all-star game at least once in his time at Clippers. Dude was hitting game winners and all of that. Like, he was he was getting busy. But, yeah, he's just a high-level starter. Probably the third best player on a championship team. If he's the fourth best player, I'm confident you're going to win. Mm-hmm. Like that year um, against when the, the year with Jimmy Butler was on the Sixers. At that point, he was the fourth best player. And the Sixers would have won the championship that year had they gotten to the finals. But Kawhi had other plans for them. But yeah, if you get if you're at that level with him as the fourth best player, I'm assuming you're, you know, you're gonna win the chip. You have a good shot at winning the chip. But all right, how about uh, you got one more for me? Or two more? Probably just two. Mm-hmm. You'll probably just do three each and call it a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say Kyrie Irving. <sighs> that was gonna be my next one. Ooh. Kyrie's a very interesting case because there's people who think he's like a top 10 player which is absolute foolishness. I'm sorry, I don't see it. Kyrie Irving can't even be the best player on, like, a very good team. I know back in the Celtics, he was, that team was very good, like a very good roster. He's a very good roster. Kyrie Irving was the best player. But as Kyrie, with Kyrie being the best player and the leader, quote-unquote, they underperformed significantly. Didn't even win 50 games, and Kyrie had one of the best rosters in the entire league at that season, that season. And he, and he faltered beyond belief in the playoffs to the point where like, I mean, Celtics fans, we're not going to talk about them as like a group. Cause they're kind of iffy. You already know everyone thinks Celtics fans are racist, but like, <laughs> nonetheless, rightfully there's a, they're rightfully, uh, they're justified in their disdain for Kyrie's uh, performance as a Celtic. Cause he just, Kyrie became the best player on, on, a, on a good team. And with that, I just say he's a star. He's a, like, low tier. Like, he's at the very bottom of the perennial all-star list. Like, I, he's a top 20. I'll give him top 20 player. I can understand you give him top 15. I'd say he's, like, in, I'd say he's like in, the, in the 14 to 17 range. You know, you know if you drop him down, you know, give, give or take one or two spots, like any higher, any higher than 14, like 13, I think it's crazy. And if you want to drop him to like 18, 19, I have to see you put there, but I'd say he's like a perennial all-star. Yeah. <laughs> it's perennial all-star. I don't think, I mean, he has a like superstar talent. I wouldn't say so. I think he's just at where he like, he is where he is, where he needs to be. And I just think he is, you know, that's who he is right now. Just like a nice second best player, if he's your third best player, i.e. his current net situation, you're probably winning the championship barring someone getting hurt. But yeah, how about you? How do you feel about it? Uh yeah, I I I agree. I think he show he he's he's shown that he can be a really damn good second option. But as the best player, not a chance at winning a championship. Uh, and it, I think a lot of things go into that, like temperament and mm-hmm. just, I don't know, just like how he plays the game. Someone like he had, I, I would say that he does have superstar talent and superstar ability because of his body control, 
his 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 control of the basketball uh and just the way he's a, a magician on the court truly like people love to say this term but he is box office mm-hmm. um he is someone that you pay you pay money to see he's somebody that you want to watch you pull up on youtube the highlights uh, because he's he's a handle guy, and whenever he gets to the rim, no matter how he gets to the rim, he can finish with either hand. He can do up and unders. Uh, he, you know, he's he's doing he's doing little finger rolls off different angles of the rim. He's doing all crazy, all different kinds of crazy stuff. But I think ultimately his temperament gets in the way of him reaching a higher level of play, uh, and. Yeah, it just it's just about how he deploys that talent that I think holds him back. But I do think he's definitely a star player. So I would agree 100%. Okay. Yeah, like we were talking about the last episode like you know, like I think he's probably like the all-around best finisher around the basket in the league like just mm-hmm. in terms of like what he's doing. The second he gets there, you don't know what he's pulling out and you just no matter who's in front of him, you're expecting him to like make it Especially when you're just going like pound for pound, like being a guard, I think you know he probably is the best. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know if I'm in the park and uh, I have my choice of NBA players to choose from, Kyrie Irving is definitely went up there for playing a game to like 21 or whatever. But you know, it's, obviously it's a different different when you have like under whistle and it's like you know five on five, 48 minutes. But yeah. That was a good one. You stole my 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 uh my last one for you. So <laughs> let's switch gears here, and they're gonna go with they're gonna go a different direction, kind of in, around the same tier. But let's go to uh, let's go with Patrick Beverly. Where'd you put him? Patrick <laughs> Beverly. Oh God. Yes. The one oh, player and it's brother. like Brad Wanamaker are my two most hated NBA players. Uh, Pat Bev. Oh. Oh boy, um, cause it's like, I guess he, I, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to say it, do you? I think he's a little better than a. He's he's a little better than your average role player, yet he's not. Like, <laughs> it's hard because. Would I start? Would I? Would I like to start him? No, absolutely not. Uh, yeah, I would probably say he's around role player esque, maybe low level starter. I think he starts by necessity in terms of defense, other than talent and things of that nature. And because, like, the Clippers just never, I don't know, just never really get the point guard situation figured out. I mean, until Reggie Jackson played out of his mind this year. Uh, yeah, they, I, I, yeah, Red, yeah, Patrick Beverly is definitely, to me, a low-level starter, if not a role player, for sure. <laughs> because he's inconsistent as a shooter. As a defender, he's solid and rough and tough. But that's about all he's really giving you. He's not making anybody better as a playmaker. 
which is the original designation of most point guards and what the point guard position is. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's just a he's a low level starter to me. Okay. And where would you put him? I'd say he's like, like if I put like about 125 good players, let's say that's like the exact number. I'd mm-hmm. say Patrick Beverly is a role player at 126. <laughs> like, uh, you know, on most, he can help most teams. Mm-hmm. But there are certain teams, there's a lot of teams where I feel like they just would have to like not play him. That even happened this year in the playoffs. In certain series, Patrick Beverly wasn't getting minutes because he just wasn't giving what he was supposed to give. And I just think, you know, he is, and at that point, if you're not able to stay on the court, well, you know, if you're not able to even be in the rotation all the time, it, I, I have to question if you are, you know, a good player. But yeah, I'd say he's like the highest of high tier role players. And I'd leave him at that, even though I can't stand him. <laughs> I think he's a, a very, very good role player. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think I think that's a that's an accurate way to put it. Uh, yeah, and like he's barely helping most teams. Like he's giving you defense, but he's not like uh, he's not like elevating you significantly. And if if he were to be sent somewhere, it's not like it's a major upgrade in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. So I will say uh when the energy's high, and Patrick Beverly is suddenly is a great shooter. <laughs> when the energy is low, <laughs> back to being regular. Oh Lord. Yeah. You, the Utah Jazz know all too well about that. Like when you're when you're on, on a hot streak and Patrick Beverly's on the court, he is going to give you some offense. <laughs> but yeah. otherwise, he's just running around. He might get you a little pass here and there and Scream and shout and yeah, get 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 a technical. That's about it. Yeah, I I, I equated to this, and you may laugh, but I would say Ken. I, I would say Patrick Beverly is to the Clippers what Kendrick Perkins was to Boston. <laughs> Shit, I ain't gonna lie, Perkins. We we would have been uh the champions twenty ten if Perkins wasn't uh hurt in those last two games. Mm-hmm. But I digress. I'm not going to get into that spiel. But yeah. <laughs> I can go on for days about about that bullshit. But you know, I, I guess. slightly a slightly lesser Perkins at the point guard role. I guess I can see you saying Kendrick Perkins was a, a a good post defender and a good uh, screener. Yes, he was a great screen setter and post defender. Yeah, otherwise, he was a pile of dust. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. What's your last one before we head out of here? Uh, my last one would be Jimmy Butler. Ooh, Jimmy Butler, one of my favorite players. Mm-hmm. I'd say he's an all-star. All-star talent. Again, we talked about him earlier. We uh, talked about him having a superstar-esque playoff run and leading his his team to unexpected heights and then having one of the best uh, 
one of the most memorable playoff moments in the finals that we you know will that will have that we've ever seen. But yeah, I do think he's an all-star. Jimmy Butler is interesting to me though, because like in terms of quote unquote talent, he's not as talented as some of his peers, but his impact on winning and his leadership is top five, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Like in terms of any player in the league. He's one, I, he's one of the best leaders in the league. Like, if I was starting a team, I didn't have a choice of superstars. I'm very inclined to go with Jimmy Butler if I want to win the chip just because he will get the most out of his guys, out of his team. And, yeah, I just think, yeah, he's not the most – he does – like, you know, he's not a great shooter. He's very streaky on and off. He's an underrated playmaker, obviously a great defender, solid rebounder for his height. Probably a little above, or I'd say a little above average rebounder for his his uh his height position, but mm-hmm. yeah, Jimmy Butler is an all star. He's one of my favorite players, but he's just not a super. He 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 peaked at superstar flashes. Although I do think he's like again, he's not gonna be a superstar. He's he's like over thirty at this point. He's kind of he is who he is. It's yeah. only downhill from here if we're being honest. Just in terms of like age and decline and all that, like it's only downhill from here. But he's an all star, I'd say. Okay, good point. How do you feel about him? Okay, so I think that Jimmy Butler, I would agree, he's a he's a high level star, like a perennial all star kind of guy. Someone who galvanizes the troops. Great defender. Uh, solid rebounder, as you said, can score in crunch time. Um, has had some inconsistencies, but for the most part, he shows up in big time moments. And if some of the star, if, if certain star players, like for example, a Kyrie Irving, had the mentality of Jimmy Butler, Jim, Kyrie Irving would be a superstar. Mm-hmm. Because Jimmy Butler isn't the most talented player in the world, but he he fights, mm-hmm. and his intan- the intangibles are off the charts for Jimmy Butler, and it makes him so good. It makes him such a good player. If Anthony Davis had that kind of mentality, he'd probably be the fucking goat. <laughs> like, yeah, bro. He was a, the he, he's a big man, build guard skills. He does Anthony Davis does everything well, but. Heart, his his heart is uh mid mid tier. <laughs> for real, he he would be, he would definitely be a top five player. No argument. Mm-hmm. So, Lord, yeah. Any last things you want to talk about before we get out of here? When you see somebody drop fifty, stop saying they're a superstar. <laughs> Just stop. When you see a 30-point triple-double, don't go too crazy. Superstars are consistent, and they do great things every night, regularly. Talk to them. Other players will have superstar-esque moments, esque series, you know, multiple series in a row but superstars do superstar shit every day that's that's my that's my closing point 
Um, I'm just going to say some quick podcast updates for the listeners real quick. So we're going to be releasing every other Sunday from now on. We're going to see how that goes. So this episode, we're all going to hear it on Sunday. And then the episode after that, you'll hear it on two Sundays from that and so on and so forth. And uh, for, you know, for those who follow us on the socials, which we see at the end of every episode, uh, we're doing Ask Game Times. You guys ask us some questions and some suggestions, whatever you want to do on Mondays. And then we'll ask y'all some questions on Wednesdays. That's that's what we're doing, right? Did I get it backwards? You got it backwards, but you get the point. Uh, yeah. hashtag, hashtag Ask the Gamers on Monday and on Wednesday, hashtag Ask Game Time. The engagement was great this week. We're going to try to keep it up. And we know we definitely enjoy uh, uh, answering your questions. So just keep just keep on asking and keep on answering our questions. Great. Appreciate you all, though. Well, yeah, why don't you get us out of here, Amir? Absolutely. Uh, that's it for today's episode of Game Time. This is John Amir, co-hosted by Zach. Thank you to everyone tuning in. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at GameTime underscore podcast, Twitter at GameTime underscore ZNJ, as well as GameTime with ZNJ on Facebook to stay up to date with further content. To listen to future episodes, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and any other platform of podcasts. We can't wait to talk more basketball on GameTime.